Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Experience Matters. So I am super excited for today's episode, and I want to jump into it right now. We're talking with Jenna Bollard-Markovitz, and she is a board-certified music therapist. And just to give a little background on today's episode, Jenna was put in touch with me from a colleague and friend we both have in common Um, And that's Dr. Timothy C. Morrison, and he's with Stanford Healthcare. And he was telling me in a previous episode about his career path, and it involved time spent as a music therapist. And as our podcast is geared towards fighting burnout and helping those healthcare providers on the front lines deal with so many of the stress involved in their work to provide in that mission of providing a great patient experience, I was really curious as to what we could learn more about music therapy and if there's anything that we can take from it to help those that are listening to our podcast. So I am so excited to introduce everyone to Jenna. That's just the perfect expert for this discussion. And I'm going to stop talking. I want her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her background. Nice. Thank you so much, Casey. Yeah, I'm Jenna. I've um, been interested in music therapy and the healing power of music since I was a child. Um, Began exploring and studying music therapy when I was just a freshman, sophomore in high school, I think, um, because I was able to witness how music impacted my grandfather who had Alzheimer's disease. And I was completely stunned by how music was able to bring him back to the present moment and was able to bring back all these memories for him, help him to speak again, help him to sing. Um, Even when otherwise he was comatose, he was able to sing. Um, So it catapulted me into this interest in the neurology of music, how music can be used to help us rehabilitate, and then so much more. Um, So it's really been a journey that started back then and hasn't ever stopped. It keeps evolving. There's still so much more to learn. Every day I'm still learning more about the power of music. Um, I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston to get my degree in music therapy and got certified and started working for a while out in LA and San Diego um, in a lot of different settings and um, then decided I wanted to pursue my master's in music therapy to get an even deeper understanding of psychotherapy approaches. So I went back to the East Coast where I'm from and studied at NYU and got my master's in music therapy where I also kind of hunkered down and did a lot of other internships and trainings that I thought would support um, the greater mission that I had, um, which was really um, providing the healing power of music in the medical setting, um, particularly working with people who are severely ill and at end of life. So I um, got my child life uh, specialist certification at Mount Sinai Beth Israel while I was there and then specialized in NICU music therapy, neurologic music therapy. And then when I came back out here, um, specialized in perinatal music therapy and music therapy assisted childbirth. 
did a lot of work in hospice music therapy, um, both pediatric and adults, and have since then really honed in on inpatient ICU music therapy, palliative music therapy, and um, really find my interest in providing support through the power of music and its ability to help us express its ability to influence our physiological state um, in environments where relaxation is not present, right? It's not like the ICU and inpatient settings can be full of a lot of inherent stressors, just environmentally speaking. It's so different from someone's home or, or, um, other environments that feel more comfortable. So I really love the magic that music has in being able to transport people and make them safe and put them in this bubble, both staff who are burnt out and patients and families who have been through, you know, such an intense journey. Um, I'm really fascinated in how music can really just melt a lot of those stressors away in just a matter of moments. It's really profound. Yeah. And I have so much to talk with you about. And I know before we started recording, you were telling me about the music therapy program at UCLA Mattel Children's Hospital that you were instrumental in being, you know, starting. So tell us a little bit about that. And and then I'm curious about the work you were doing in the, the NICU there. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. I was there for about six years and I would say we made a pretty big wave and we saw almost 10,000 patients. Uh, we had 13 music therapy interns through university affiliation that did their six month training before becoming board certified music therapists. Um, we had seven research fellows that did, you know, year-long fellowships and helped us with our research studies. And we had three IRB-approved published research studies. One of those involved the NICU. It was absolutely amazing. We're hoping to get music therapy back there um, to PEDS. I, I left that position in February to join the integrative medicine team so that music therapy can span to all ages, not just pediatrics. Um, so we're kind of starting from scratch in a way um, and being able to build a foundation that can span to all ages and reach more people um, eventually. So um, that's where we're at now. But um the music therapy program, I, I really, really wanted it to be intentional. And um, part of that intentionality involves a training program that is going to foster um, a future generation of music therapists who take care of themselves. So I know we were having a great conversation about burnout, vicarious trauma, secondary trauma that healthcare workers experience. Um, so I really wanted our program to focus on being a support for healthcare workers around us and providing that staff support, providing um, just building relationships with the whole multidisciplinary team and becoming a pillar of support. So um, some examples of that um, would be, you know, training our interns to um, lead guided meditations at the beginning of every multidisciplinary team rounds for our pediatric palliative team. So we would kick off our, you know, weekly interdisciplinary team meetings that can be really heavy and um, really sad. 
um, talking about the turns that people have taken in their um, medical journey. And we would really set the tone by providing opportunities for expression, singing, relaxation for doctors, nurses, social workers, everyone on the team. We'd also provide um, environmental staff uh, support music in various parts of the hospital multiple times a week and staff support groups um, and also just involve them in music therapy sessions when we were at bedside so that they have the opportunity to see glimpses of patients and families that maybe they don't get to in their um, usual visits. Um, you know, they get to learn the kind of music that patients like and play along and grab a guitar, you know, doctors and nurses would get to play ukulele with patients during our sessions. And we really wanted that very immersed, um, involved uh, type of music therapy program, which I know many are in hospital settings. Um, another component to addressing burnout is I wanted to make sure to address it with a, within my own team um, of music therapists. So we've come a long way in the training of music therapists, but like any um, profession that is a caregiving profession, there's still so much more to learn about the impact of, um, you know, holding on to stories, being exposed to trauma, um, over and over again, all day. Um, it can really collect itself in the body. It can manifest itself in the psyche and in, um, it can present itself by just creating fatigue in the body. That is just the ultimate exhaustion or even depression, anxiety. Um, it can create, uh, PTSD symptoms when exposed to so much trauma. I know a lot of medical professionals, um, deal with disturbing images, um, not being able to turn off when they get home, feeling hypervigilant, um, and also in some cases not really enjoying things that they used to enjoy, just feeling completely burnt out on the days that they're not working and unable to do anything. Um, so I, I thought it was really important to create a curriculum for our interns that focuses on First, understanding what is burnout? What is vicarious trauma, secondary trauma? What does it look like? How does it happen? Um, and then what are the warning signs and what are some assessments that we can be doing? Um, so I gathered a lot of like social work and psych assessments um, that we could be taking for constant self-assessment and then tried to develop a sort of a protocol um, that introduced interns and fellows to a variety of self-care and self-discovery techniques from meditation to, you know, ecotherapy and time outside to journaling to um, using music, practicing what we preach, <laughs> to write songs, to express, to produce, and to gather all of these feelings and help bring things up from the subconscious um, and release them, process them. Um, so yeah, we had monthly retreats with our team that focused on, um, studying new ways of, of healing. So yoga, Reiki, um, nutrition, <laughs> looking at all of these things that come into play that, um, help us feel whole. You know, there was always a lot of comments like this music therapy crew, they're always so happy. They're always so chipper. They're always so, they seem so calm. They seem, yeah. you know, it's, you know, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I hear you. So <laughs> I want to ask as an in, as an as someone who's an outsider to the music therapy world, 
I am curious. I know it's more sophisticated than this, but is a form of music therapy just as simple as, hey, I get into my car after a stressful day and I put on the tunes that I like and that physically just like feels like it relaxes me. You are using music as therapy yourself in that moment. Absolutely. So the Music Therapy Association, the American Music Therapy Association defines music therapy as the use of music for for change, to promote change within the therapeutic relationship. So technically it's with the support of a trained music therapist, but part of a really good music therapy when you're involved in music therapy is using music to cope in the way that you normally would and just bringing that into your life as much as possible. So absolutely that like therapeutic cathartic (laughs) um, release that you get when you're in your car at the end of a long day using music. Absolutely. Or even, you know, when you're intentionally using music to help yourself calm down, that is a very self-aware, resourceful way to use music in your own life. You're, you're regulating your body you're regulating your bodily responses, your parasympathetic nervous system with music. And it's a free, cost-effective, and very accessible tool that we all have. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah, one other shout out to music is I'll say as again, as an outsider, I know that if I wanna go to like the gym after a day of work and I'm not feeling it, my body's not feeling it, if I put in my headphones and put on that song I like, Sometimes it's just enough to get my blood flowing and then it gets me to actually work out. Is that another, am I on yes. something there? You're definitely onto something. So we actually utilize the very same concepts that you're talking about in our music therapy rehabilitation sessions. So in neurologic music therapy, what you're speaking about is actually entrainment. So our physiological state entrains to whatever music we're listening to, which is really important to keep in mind if you have like, you may be causing the opposite effect (laughs) that you actually want. Um, But your heart rate is going to eventually match and entrain the rhythm, the tempo, the beats per minute of what you're listening to and your whole physiological state, your respiratory rate, your oxygen saturation level changes when you're listening to music, everything about your body begins to entrain, including your movement. So it stimulates every part of your brain when you put on music, um, including your brainstem. So you know, you are, we, we use music and neurologic music therapy to promote gait training. So helping someone to walk again, um, helping someone who maybe has had like some brain damage, traumatic brain injury, um, or any sort of neuro degeneration, deterioration. We use music because it is processed throughout the entire brain, not just one part of the brain. We are able to use music to create new neural pathways and to stimulate the whole body. So music and movement is huge. So we're able to help um, individuals who maybe have some brain damage in shifting their body weight and gaining balance again, walking again. I mean, imagine in physical therapy, when you're learning to walk again, a lot of physical therapists use music. Um, but we love to co-treat with them because we can adapt in the moment to support them and walk down the hall with a guitar with them. And then, you know, you're walking towards the music, um, but providing that solid beat, your body can't help and your brain can't help, but to match the downbeat, um, versus if it's just silent, 
there's less motivation. You know, I think you're also bringing up the motivation piece as well. There's nothing to match. Um, you know, the, the body doesn't have that uh, desire to entrain if there's silence. Um, but having even if it's just a beat, not music, but just a consistent beat, um, it's almost impossible to resist <laughs> meeting a beat. It's in us, um, you know, where music is so ingrained in us since 14 weeks gestation in the womb, we're able to process music, we're able to hear it. And then as early as 16 weeks, between 16 and 20, there's been research done that shows that the fetus can identify particular songs and particular voices. Um, so it truly is embedded in us since before we're even born. That's so cool. So I wanna ask more about the American Music Therapy Association we talked a little bit about it earlier in this interview. Tell me about some of the research that supports music therapy's benefits. And you know, I'm assuming some of that is in um, collaboration with the American Music Therapy Association. Yeah, there's a lot of research out there on music therapy and different specializations and specialty areas where um, the research really focuses and there's meta-analyses on each group of people and uh, need that music can support. Um, I mean, there's so much to say about it. I, there's been, yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of speak to some of the um, main areas that have caught on a lot of uh, popularity. Yeah. Well, setting, if that's okay. I would love that. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, um, I have a particular interest in the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, particularly because it is just so fascinating how with the monitors, you really see the instant impact of music as it's happening and on lullaby, right? So these are these new fresh lives, many times underdeveloped, they're born early, or they have, you know, some other complication medically going on, and they're as new as they can possibly be to this world. And you get to see music still having this profound impact when they haven't had a whole lifetime of associations of music in their teenage years where, you know, they have emotional connections necessarily to music in the way that an adult or a teen or even child would, um, but you still see the physiological impact of music very dramatically. So there's actually been research done um, out of Florida State University by Jane Stanley that shows that music has the ability to help neonatal um, neonates get released from the hospital on average of eight days sooner than those who do not receive music therapy. She has found that music has the ability to help them entrain and regain their suck, swallow, breathe coordination and improve their non-nutritive sucking capacity. So she even developed a device called the pacifier activated lullaby that um, we used in the hospital as well. At UCLA, we did a little study kind of piloting it in our NICUs. Um, but basically, we're able to record a lullaby, ideally using mother and father's voice or parents or the caregivers known um, most to the baby, recording their voice with a personalized lullaby that they've co-written um, that becomes their special song that's, you know, in their native language, is culturally appropriate to them, is meaningful to them, and delivers messages of love and support for the baby. 
we're able to record that onto the device and then it's attached to a pacifier that is used for stimulating um, and encouraging non-nutritive sucking, which then in turn helps them with their oral feeds, which oftentimes can be one of the final things that needs to happen to help them gain weight and help them leave the hospital. Um, so when they suck on the pacifier, it plays the music as a positive reinforcement and you can, you know, manipulate the contingency to help them exercise their non-nutritive sucking. Um, but she found that infants who were exposed to this type of music therapy were able to improve their non-nutritive sucking, their coordination, and they were able to gain weight. They were more relaxed. They had pain reduction and there was, you know, caregiver stress reduction, and they were able to leave the hospital sooner. Um, so that's just one example of the power of music. There's also been a lot of research on neurologic music therapy and its ability to help with neurorehabilitation. So, um, you know, individuals with aphasia or um, any type of altered speech from a brain injury um, demonstrate a much more um, efficient and productive ability to retrain their speech ability when music is involved. So particularly using melodic intonation therapy. Um, that's what Congresswoman Gabby Giffords uh, attributes to a lot of her recovery was using melodic intonation therapy, which is essentially using rhythm, like we spoke about before, paired with melody to learn important phrases over and over again with repetition melody. I mean, similar concept to learning our ABCs. Imagine trying to learn your alphabet as a child without a melody. Um, or a lot of um, a lot of early childhood songs really help us in our retaining information and in our language development. So um, similar concept. So by using that melodic intonation therapy, new neural pathways are able to be created, little shortcuts, if you will, to access that language that otherwise has some damage and roadblocks in being able to be accessed. Um, so they found that people who receive this type of melodic intonation therapy, this type of music therapy consistently are able to speak again much sooner and much more clearly um, and without as much anxiety. So um, which leads me to my next point that there's been so much research surrounding music for relaxation, music for anxiety and stress management, music to elevate mood, um, decrease depressive symptoms and improve overall mental health, which I think is really important to keep in mind in this day and age, you know, with the pandemic and with all the collective stress and grief we're all under. Um, there's also been a lot of research surrounding music to improve communication and improve development um, for children, infants and children, and also to support individuals who maybe communicate differently in being able to have um, a way to express themselves. So it really can improve overall social functioning and ability to express. This has been an incredible interview. We're talking with Jenna Ballard Markovitz. There's just so much that we can discuss. And I want to be respectful of your time, but I do want to have a final question here for you, just kind of open ended. Let's talk any closing thoughts you have on um, music therapy and 
in particular, how it can benefit healthcare workers that are fighting burnout, fighting emotional exhaustion. Um, let's, let's hear what you have to say on that. Definitely. I think first and foremost, music can be helpful, as we mentioned before, in shifting your physiological state. So first, embracing that and knowing that that's a superpower. That's a really powerful tool to be able to access so easily. Um, so I encourage first and foremost, just beginning to, if you haven't already, assemble your playlists for different physiological states that you'd like to achieve, keeping in mind average beats per minute. Um, healthcare workers are usually very in tune with heart rate, their physiological state. Um, so just reminding you to take care of yourself too and use music as that superpower to be able to shift you to a new state. So um, as you mentioned, you know, getting in your car at the end of the day can be really powerful. Also, you know, having a cathartic playlist that helps you with your emotional release, having a deep relaxation playlist that you begin assembling. And, you know, that can really just be music that's instrumental only and finding things that jive with you are most important things that are really your preference. You don't need to be forcing yourself to listen to classical music if you don't like classical music. Um, beginning to put together those resources for yourself if you haven't already. Also, um, begin exploring vocalizing. Um, as a vocalist, <laughs> I'm really, really, I really feel strongly about the power of the voice. Um, I definitely encourage people to check out Diane Austin's uh, vocal psychotherapy technique um, and finding a music therapist even who can support you in even just one or two sessions. Um, singing can be such an amazing way to release emotions that you don't even know are there. No one has to hear you even <laughs> to start warming up to this idea. If you're singing in your car, awesome. Singing in the shower, um, humming, you know, when no one's around, the vibrations are healing for your body. The breath that is required to hum and to sing is going to engage your vagus nerve and is going to immediately sedate you <laughs> and make you calm. So use this free accessible healing tool that you have available to you. Um, and also begin turning to music as um, kind of a friend who can relate to you, listen to the lyrics and the moods of music and um, grant yourself that opportunity to just kind of let music hold you in your feelings and your emotions and know that that is a strength. Um, back in the day, people used to listen to vinyls and, you know, lay on the floor and really listen to an album all the way through. And I feel like that's a little bit lost at times in this like you know, a Spotify, iTunes, one song at a time, you just listen to a 99 cent single um, kind of world that we're in now. But I encourage you to also just intentionally listen. Music and mindfulness connect in so many ways. And that in and of itself, just giving yourself a five minute song of just like undivided attention is such a gift um, for yourself to just do that a couple times a week, even you'd be amazed at what that does to your cortisol levels. She is Jenna Ballard Markovitz. She's a board certified music therapist, certified child life specialist, certified Reiki master, and a student of traditional Chinese medicine. 
I am definitely going to include her website as well into today's podcast description. Jenna Ballard Markovitz, thank you so much for your time today and for all that amazing insight. Thank you. And also, I want to encourage everyone, if you you know are a healthcare worker, if you're struggling, if you're feeling really burnt out, feel free to reach out to me. I can do a distance Reiki session for you or a distance, you know, guided meditation or just open up the floor to be able to process a little bit. Um, we're all in this together. So don't be shy. Feel free to reach out. Thank you, Jenna. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.